0: I put a couple of scriptures up there, but uh, this song that we're singing is talking to Jesus. And so there's lots of different moms here. Um, and if you're a mom or not, you, still ha- you can influence these little kids. They're the next generation, and we need to raise them up in who Jesus is and keep them talking to Jesus. Grandma used to pray aloud by her bed every night. To me, it sounded like like mumbling, like she she was out of her mind. She said, you you know, know this this kind kind of praying is is what saved my life. You You ought to try it sometime. And And now I know she was was right. She was talking to Jesus. Jesus. She was talking to Jesus. She'd been talking to Jesus for all of her life. Mama used to drag me to church Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Khaki pants and a polo shirt. And boy, I put up a fight she said one day you'll thank me for having god in your life and yeah i know she was right yeah my mama was right because now i'm talking to jesus she got me talking to jesus she got me talking to jesus Yeah, my mama was right. Cause now I'm talking to Jesus. And I'm talking to Jesus. Yes, I'll be talking to Jesus. For the rest of my life. Cause what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, oh. oh, oh. Yes, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. Now, now when you feel a little prayer, we'll turn it. Then you know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Yes, you will find a little talk with Jesus Makes it right we should, we should be talking to Jesus We should be talking to Jesus We should be talking to Jesus For the rest of us Cause what a friend we have in Jesus Yes, What a friend we have in what a friend we have in Jesus! Oh.
1: try to make it on my own every time i try to stand i start to fall and all those lonely roads that i have traveled on there was jesus WHEN THE LIFE I BUILT CAME CRASHING TO THE GROUND WHEN THE FRIENDS I HAD WERE NOWHERE TO BE FOUND I COULDN'T SEE IT THEN BUT I CAN SEE IT NOW THERE WAS JESUS IN THE WAITING In the searching, in the healing and the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces.
2: Every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going, even when I didn't know it or
1: couldn't see it. This man who needs amazing kind of grace forgiveness at a price I couldn't pay. I'm not perfect, so I thank God every day. There was Jesus. There
2: was Jesus
1: in the waiting. In the searching, in the healing and the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken
2: pieces. Every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going,
1: even when I didn't know it, I couldn't see it. On the mountains in the valleys in the shadows of the alleys in the fire and the flood there was
2: Jesus. Oh,
1: in the healing and the hurting like a blessing buried in the broken
2: pieces every minute every moment where i've been and where i'm going even when i
1: didn't know it i couldn't see it there was jesus There was Jesus
0: God good to you? He's so good to me. And uh, if you're sitting here this morning and you had a good godly mother, or you have a good godly mother, he's sure been good to you. I thank the Lord for my mother that she raised me in church. And she, I remember before we'd ever go to school, we'd get down on our knees and pray. She taught me how to pray. And she taught me the way. And I'm thankful for her. She's 90 today. Um, And I'll, I'll be with her later. But God is so good. He's so good to me.
1: Now I've had bad days When there were hills to climb And I've had sad days things outweigh the bad things and I can't come Thank you, Lord. And I... Of thorns upon his head, fastened to a cross through his hands and through his feet. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know what, what they do. Young people coming up this morning, he said, He made a way for us to know Him, He died upon the cross. But greater yet, he has risen again. And one more day, I shall rise when he calls my name. No more sorrow, no more pain. We're going to rise to meet him one of these days. Be ready.
2: I'm
3: this morning. get into the message this morning we thank God for all the wonderful things he's done obviously as you know brother Tim's not with us today he's still joining a little bit of time of vacation I pray that you would remember him for a time of refreshing for him and his family that God would bless him as he gets the time to get away with sister Shirley and do some jigsaw puzzles and eat out at a couple restaurants and have some time with one another we thank you for that we ask you to come back tonight. Brother Andy's going to be preaching for us tonight. Don't let that scare you. He's got a good message. God's going to bless him. As a matter of fact, Andy's just going to kind of run the whole service. And we're going to kick it off and Andy's got it. So you young folks, if you want to sing tonight, you little ones, if you want to sing tonight, Andy's the one you've got to ask. Andy's going to take care of it tonight. There's a lot on the... I just felt led to have that be done uh, we got some other things upcoming. Brother Leslie's gonna be speaking Tuesday night at the men's group. We pray for God that would bless that. We thank you for so many things that God has prepared for us and we ask that God would bless. We ask that God would move. We ask that God would bless in all the things He's done. This morning, as I prepare a message, as I felt what God would want me to speak about, Mother's Day is a hard day to preach for. And I'm not a mother, so you all aren't going to get a Mother's Day message. Sister Sue probably could have delivered a great one. Maybe April or vondi or, or, or Connie or Betty or anybody else. But God's not laid that upon my heart, so I'm not going to talk to you about what I don't know about. I know what a great mother is. I see many within this congregation that are blessed women of God, and God has blessed them. And we're thankful for them. If I skipped your name, I apologize. You're all great, great people. And even the mothers-to-be. That one's not going to be spoiled, is it? No, not at all. But God has laid something upon my heart. And it's kind of ironic this morning as I lay in my bed around, <laughs> snoozing away quite comfortably, quite honestly, to be truthful. You know, I was prepared. I had worked on what God had given. And then and, and, and the phone rang about 6.30 or so. And Sister Maria called and said she was not feeling well. And wasn't going to be able to do the Sunday school class and that's fine, I'll go down and I'll begin reading the message or the lesson and working on it. So I was down there for a couple hours working on it. And it was kind of a God thing because he confirmed everything that what's been going through my mind of what I felt he wanted me to speak about this morning. I'm going to speak to you about a topic like the prophet this morning felt that he felt that the message was not one that maybe many wanted to hear. That perhaps a message that was not maybe what they thought would be for the time that they needed to hear it. But he was told within that passage and that we read this morning in Sunday school that deliver the message whether they hear or not. Because whether they hear or not, I've called you to give this word and you're held responsible to this word. I've called you to deliver this word, and you are being held responsible to this word. For five years, God has been working with me in an area of my life that I want to share with you this morning. I want to share it with you this morning. You maybe think you don't need to hear it. Maybe you think you don't even want to hear it. You maybe might well, I've heard of this before. Maybe you think, well, that's all that guy ever talks about. That's all he, maybe you think it's just one ear and out the other. But you know what? I'm not held responsible to you. I'm held responsible to God. Because God has called me to deliver this message to you this morning. My hands will be clear. Let me set it up for you. All right? You ready to get into this? Put your fingers over in Genesis chapter 1, and the other one over in Luke 15 will be in those passages today. Very familiar passages, and if you've never heard me preach before, I don't like to use a lot of verses. I just kind of get into it and go, okay? And we're going to refer to these passages, and we're going to refer to these verses, but I want to set it up this way. A young believer came unto an elder and asked him this question. He said, what must I do to live for Jesus? Now this was a young believer, not someone who was lost, but a young believer came to an elder within his realm or or their realm uh, and and said, what must I do to live for Jesus? And the elder began to share stories and, and give examples and, and and give testimonies of things that he's seen and experienced in his life. He began to pass along years of knowledge that he had been given, and years of experience which he had experienced unto this young person. And the, you know, stories were told, verses were read, Proverbs 3:5:6, trust the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not to thine own understanding, and, understand, and knowledge him in all ways, and he shall direct thy paths. You might want to look at the first Ten Commandments, he said, Those are good things of God. He might say, you know. You study to show thyself approved. The workwoman not not be ashamed of dividing the word of God. He might have shared that with him in 2 Timothy 2.15. He might have used many other passages. He might have gone to Micah 6.8. He might have quoted that passage and said at the end of the day, love God. And you know, all that, the Micah mandate was called. You want to look it up, read Micah 6.8. You know, there's so many passages that this older saint was able to share with this young believer that he thought... He thought would help this young believer in their journey. But after sharing with him, the young believer felt like there was something more. Felt like there was something else that he should hear. And that's all right, sis. I'm going to talk louder and that baby's never going to cry. Don't you let that worry you. This young believer was saying, but I believe there's more. And we're not talking about like baptism in the spirit and things like that. I'm not going there. But this young believer said, There's got to be something more. So the elder sat back, took a deep breath, and thought for a moment. Answered slowly rather than quickly. And he asked this question He says, If while on a journey of life, and you would come to a fork in the road, and one side offered unto you might, Power, strength, influence, abundance, protection, blessing, favor, love. And it offered you all of those things. But yet to take that path, you would have to walk blindly and allow someone else to lead. And on the other path is weakness, brokenness, failure. Lack. All the things that we would consider negative, but on that road, you get to be boss. Which road would you take? The young person thought for a moment, and being trying to be wisely, wise, excuse me, answered his question with another question. Who's going to lead me on the path where I have to follow blindly? Who's going to lead me? And the elder saint said to the young believer, It is a path given by God. It is a path paid for by Jesus. And It is a path directed by the Spirit. But mind you, mind you this, most choose the other path. Most choose the other path. The young believer was astonished, but he spoke up. And he says, I choose to walk with God. I choose to follow Him whether I understand it or not. I choose to walk blindly and allow Him to be Lord of my life. And the older saint said unto the young believer, You have chosen most wisely. You have walked the path that is going to be a blessing for your life and in your life for the rest of your life. You, my young believer, are ready to learn these four things about God that you must treasure for the rest of your life and not forget the rest of your life, not to forsake the rest of your life, not to walk away from these things for the rest of your life, for they will sustain you, keep you, guide you, direct you, mold you, create you, make you the man, woman, child of God that you are meant to be. You have chosen wisely. You have chosen wisely. Now maybe sitting here in this congregation this morning, you may say, now, what's he going to say to us? What's he going to say to us? Well, it's something I believe God has revealed unto me and it's been five years that he's been working on it. He ain't done yet something going to happen. But I've got four words for you this morning. And I beg you, plead with you, ask you, hope that even if you've heard me say these things before, you don't say, oh, that again. Because not everybody in here has heard it. Not everybody within this congregation has heard these things. The young people have not yet heard these things. The young men, the young women, the ladies have not. Some of you men have. I'm going to talk to you this morning in the brief three hours I've got left about four words that i want you to sustain in your heart sustain in your mind and like the prophet ezekiel i have eaten these words i am living these words i know this within my spirit beyond a shadow of doubt that this is from god not of me not that i'm anything special but god had given me this message i've gone to sleep for three weeks going over to my mind god you sure you positive And he says, yes, dummy, positive, do it. Well, are you sure you're sure? Yes, I am. I've been under attack since I said I was going to preach the message, but it's coming to you this morning, and here you go. The first thing the elder told the young believer that he had to acknowledge and had to believe, if you go to Genesis chapter number 1, I'm going to read real quickly just a few verses for reference. And verses 26 through 31. It said, And God said, Let us make man in our own image, and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Notice the word dominion or authority. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Male and female, he created he them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it and have dominion over the fish, and over the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, I have given you every herb bearing tree, which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree, which is the tree of the yielding seed, and it shall be for meat, and every beast of the earth, and every fowl of the air, and everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything he made, and behold, it was very good in the book of Luke chapter 15 verses 11 through 17 and there was a certain man who had two sons and in verse 17 and he came to himself and said how many hired servants does my father have so much to spare but yet I am here perishing with hunger I'm paraphrasing that verse what the older saint wanted the young believer to believe is this principle and you must remember this principle and it will sustain you and keep you and guide you You must understand God-given authority. You must understand God-given authority. Now, when I say that word authority, about 90% of the men here say, what? Ain't nobody going to be my boss. I'm my boss. Yeah, you've chose the other road. Well, we think of authority as something to rule us and to overrule us and to guide us and to keep us down. But that's not what God-given authority is. What God-given authority is a principle of protection, guidance, a hedge placed about us, God's help, God's hand where we agree with God and confirm with God and accept that He is God and He will be Lord of my life. That's walking within God-given authority. Now many will say, I don't want any authority, and I don't want any bosses. But I'll tell you, every one of you in here have authorities, and you have bosses. Whether you believe it or not. You men can relate to this. Your job's your boss. You live for that job. You work for that job. That's the most important thing. You're going to not miss that job. You're not going to miss that money. That's the most important thing to you. Work is your boss. Whereas for some, it's that hobby that they have as their boss. That's the most important thing that they're doing. I have friends who love to golf. They would not miss golf no matter what. They're going to go out. It could be raining a storm coming down 24-7, 365 days a year, and they're going to go out there and hit that little white ball and not miss it. But so many of us have so many authorities in our life that are not of God. That alcohol you're addicted to, that drug you're addicted to, that porn you're addicted to, those things that are guiding and directing and mandating how your life is lived, those are authorities in your life that are not God-given authorities. They are not authored by God, they are not ordained by God, they are not given by God, they were not paid for at the cross, they are not guided by the Spirit, but those are things of the flesh that are leading to your weakness and your destruction. You are living a defeated Christian life because you are not walking within God's given authority. He wants to be Lord of your life. But when I think of authority, I think of protection. I think of a hedge about me. I think Him covering me and keeping me from harm. I think god given authorities are things such as His Word. He's guided us and directed His Word how to live for Him. He's given us an instruction manual how to be a man or a woman or a child of God. It can't be any plainer. He spelled it out. He's given us an instruction manual through, and He's guided us and directed with His Spirit. God has placed a Spirit within us that walks with us, lives with us, dwells with us, interfaces with us, walks and is with us, and says, No, you, you, we, you don't belong there. What a gift. I didn't ordain it. I didn't sanction it, I didn't design it, I didn't make it, you don't belong there. He's given us a spirit, Sister Kim, it's like a radar, that's not for me, that, that's not where I belong, but for us to live a Christian life and to live, what I, and I don't want to be this sound like some prosperity type of cre- preaching, because it's not, because it is hard to let God be Lord, it's hard to let Him be Lord of your life. We all want to control it and run it and do it ourselves, But God says, let me be. I said it, what, 10 years ago? It's a God job. Let him do his job. Let him do what he wants to do. We come down to an altar prayer and we ask him to forgive us of our sins. And he forgives us of our sins and we say, thank you for that. I've got it from here. Thank you, God, but I've got it from here. God wants to place a hedge of protection. God wants to help. God's hand wants to hold you, sustain you. He wants you to agree with him. He wants you to be conformed to the image of his son. He wants you to accept that he is your savior and he is lord of your life. There was a passage a few months ago we were talking about. I was was reading where Jesus is in the ship with his followers. And the ship began to go to and fro. We all know the story. The steeds began to get rough, remember? And what did they begin to do? get all worried get all stressed got all bothered oh my we're gonna die we're gonna die you know jesus don't you care you're back there asleep wake up they had it all backwards see they thought jesus was in their ship going with them many of us look at our christian life that way don't we jesus is in my ship going with me they had it backwards ryan they were in his ship, and he was taking them to the other side. He already told them, "I'm taking you to the other side. Why are you so afraid? Why do you fear? Peace be still, and finally, his storms cease." I'm not. In, he's not in my ship. I'm in his, because he is my authority. He is my Lord. He is my God. He is my Savior. And as long as I walk in that and I continue to dwell there, I have opportunities to see what God, if you want to look, there's so many passages about God given blessings and authority where all of them talk to blessing and strength and success and all good things of God. Not one of them is negative except this one. Authority can be usurped or usurped or ignored it can be ignored brother Andy it can be ignored brother Bobby and many unfortunately do that and how we do that is when we allow our sides and and authority is not only can be ignored it is under attack the very things of God are under attack in our society in our lives and if you don't see that you're blind everything that God has given For our lives and for our success, everything that he has ordained and designed is under attack. I mean, think about it, boys and girls. Oh, I'm not allowed to say that, am I? Think about it, men. Oh, I can't call you men. You might identify as a woman. I can't call you a woman because you might identify. Everything is under attack. From the very foundations of God. Everything that God has placed for our blood is under attack. And if you don't see it, you're not aware of the battle. Everything is under attack. I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, they got an iPhone now. I know I got one. You got one. It's a work phone. Do you know now there's an emoji? Have you seen it, guys and girls? I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to use those words. There is now a pregnant man emoji. I me mean, God's authority is not under attack in Oregon they just mandated that in all male bathrooms must be objects that only women would use for those that have identified it. tell me we're not under attack tell me we're not under attack tell me God is not under attack and everything I mean we are under attack in such a war that you Men, women, young people, young people in Andy's group, you must get this so firm in your mind and so firm in your foundation, you must get this nailed down so much that he is my authority and he is my Lord and I will walk therein and nothing shall sway me from that path. You must nail it down. It tells us in the book of Ezekiel, I don't have my other Bible, I think it's in Ezekiel back there that says, we must put a nail in that holy place, you must nail it down. Because it's going to be attacked. It's going to be battled. It's going to be fought from every day forth, And the gates of hell shall not prevail against those that follow the path of righteousness walking within his hand. But the problem is, we don't walk that path. We walk the other path. And this is the second word. And I want you to remember that the elder counseled the young people. Rebellion. problem is we all live and so many live in a spirit of rebellion you know you do you don't want him to be lord you do you don't want to listen to his word in fact you don't even read it let alone listen to it we live in a spirit of rebellion Openly defying everything that God has ordained and God has given. And yet we call ourselves believers and followers of him. But we rebel against every principle of God. And we wonder why we don't have blessing and success upon our life. Because you're living in rebellion. We have family members, am not going to go name specific, that once claimed the name of Christ but have rebelled against everything that God has designed and their lives are falling apart and they wonder why. They wonder why. Those of you who know this way, have walked this way and accepted this way, if you rebel against God and everything that he designed for you, you are committing the same exact sin that Satan himself committed. The exact same sin. I will be God, I will be Lord. It's exactly what Satan did. And we see that in the passages in Genesis where we read a little bit in Luke. They had blessing when they were within the favor of their father, did they not? Everything that God had given them, he provided for them and he said everything that he had given them was good. And he gave them authority over everything and he would be their lord and he would guide and he would place a hedge about them and protect them and keep them and, and keep them from harm keep them from danger be their lord be their father be their god everything he designed luke chapter 15 the lost son everything in the father's house was good we know that later on in the passage he says take the ring take the fatted calf, take all the things my son who was once lost has now found That father had provision for that son, but yet that son, yet that Adam, yet that Eve, yet many of us followers say, yet, but I want to be my boss. I want what I want. Give me my substance. Give me my due. Give me what I want. I shall eat of that tree because I shall not surely die. I will leave the father's protection and live out on my own. Walking that path that many choose. The path of rebellion. Read it in scripture. I don't have to read it for you, but if you can find it, come show it to me and I will agree with you and I'll say it's God's word. I can't argue. But but find me the passage that says rebellion is blessed. Find it. But then why do we do it? Why do we live in that state? Why do we live in that existence? Why do we allow ourselves who name the name of God to live? Why are you where you know you don't need to be? Why are you living where you don't need to be doing? Why are you participating? Those are not of God, not sanctioned of God, not authorized by God, not given by God. And let me tell you this beyond a shadow of doubt. Rebellion is real. And if you don't believe me, just take another look at our world. It is real. And it is a battle. It tells us in Ephesians, Andy, put on the armor of God that we may wrestle. I I can't quote it off the the top of my head. I'm not going to the verse. But it talks about, it says, put on the armor of God that we may be able to battle against the high places. I think that's kind of what it says. You know what the high places are? Places of God-given authority. It's all in Scripture, guys. It's there. I've lived this for five years. I've ate it. I've slept it. Vondi's probably tired of me talking about it. But we've learned so much. And rebellion manifests itself in so many sins, doesn't it? It manifests itself in so many ways. See, many times we worry about trying to fix the sin, but we need to fix the heart of rebellion, Sue. Men living with men. Rebellion against God's design. Women with women. Rebellion against God's design. Could I go on and on and on? Rebellion is real. Rebellion is real. Like I said, right now, just to say male and female was up for debate, I never thought in my life that would be for debate. I never thought that. There was a young friend of mine that showed me at my new job the the uh, lady, her name is Bridget, was just broke out laughing the other day. She was filling out her son's sports application It said male, female, or other. It's here, guys. It's here. And let me tell you, I'm nearly 60 this year. I'm rounding third heading for home. But... I'm not going to point out names to try to embarrass, but the Joel's generation, the Emily's generation, and, and the youth's generation, and, and, and uh, Amber, her children, and Susie, your children, they've got to fight so much ahead of them. I pray to God that they get it rooted so down deep that they never forget that he is Lord and only on his path will my life be successful. Only on his path. I pray that a grant will never forget this. And, and, and teach it to his children. If the Lord delays his coming. You've got to nail this down. Because it will be prosperous and a blessing for the rest of your life. you got to nail it down. You cannot live in a spirit of rebellion. Because you will only be defeated. You will only lose. You know and. The sad part is, it isn't that the lost are rebelling. (laughs) The sad part is that those that name the name of Christ are living in open rebellion and ask God to bless it. God, I haven't listened to you. I haven't heard. I haven't prayed about it. I haven't asked you about it. And I've committed this horrible act. And God, would you please bless it? What do you think about that? God I've disobeyed you and not listened to you and I've done this horrible horrible thing would you please sanction that and bless that we can go as silly as this God I didn't listen to you I didn't pray about it I didn't ask you but I decided to buy that Corvette for $93,000 and I make $15 an hour at Wendy's God would you please give me some money I know you want me to have it he said you never asked me you never prayed about it you mucked it all up now you want me to fix it how about asking me ahead of time could go on and on and on the loss can be understood but what troubles me is the children of God that are living in rebellion it breaks my heart it breaks my heart because I see and I look down and I look upon and say you just don't get it there's so much more he wants to be your Lord he wants to love you he wants to keep you he wants to be around you he wants to be so much there but you know what we're not all in despair here As the elder talked to the young man or the young lady, I tried tried to make it generic, not specific, not that I'm agreeing with them. But I want men and women and boys and girls all to think about this and personalize it themselves. So as the elder talked to the young believer, he said, now you, so you're willing to now learn about God-given authority and walking therein. You're, and you're willing to submit to God-given authority and walk within. And he will be your Lord. He will protect you. And, you. and you understand now the dangers of rebellion. And if you rebel, how that will lead to a life of destruction and loss and brokenness and breach. Look up the word rebellion. None of them are good. In fact, Webster's dictionary, his name, their actual... Meaning of the word rebellion is opposition to authority. If the world agrees with it, it can't be that wrong, right? But dads and moms, you need to make sure that you've learned these principles and you pass them on to the next generation. That's what we've been doing in men's group for five years, if you're halfway interested. That's what we've been talking about. Dave, how many times is authority mentioned in the Bible? 79 or something like that you said? Dave looked them all up. You want to know about them? Go ask Dave. (laughs) But you know, it isn't all bleak. But there's one more step before it gets better, Sister Cindy. One more step. Because we had God give it authority, and we know that's a good thing. But we commit rebellion, and we find ourselves out where the hog pen is. You know, a lot of people say, "Well, that boy was lost. He's down in the hog pen." You know, he is in the hog pen because he was—he was—he was was not in—he was in the hog pen because he was lost. The hog pen didn't make him lost. He was there because he didn't know. He was lost. He rebelled. He was rejecting everything his father had given him. That's why he was in the hog pen. But what did that young boy do, Andy? Came to himself. There was a time of repentance. There it was a time of repentance. Our dear brother used to say repentance was his friend. Larry used to quote that. In fact, he was the fourth speaker in our men's group, Sister Cindy. That topic, exactly. I still vision on my back porch, Larry's standing there back there talking to the men of God about repentance. Still see it in my mind. Repentance. We've heard the word. We've seen the word, but does the modern church get it? Oh, we have plenty of remorse. Oh, we got tons of that. You know, remorse everywhere. Well, I wish I wouldn't have done that, or, or that was, you know, we, we, remor- we, we do that up to we're full of it, you know? Oh, and we got plenty of regret. Oh, I, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have made that mistake. I wish I wouldn't have participated down there where I didn't belong. Now I feel so bad. I wish I wouldn't have turned that channel on that I don't have any business watching. In fact, I don't even have any business paying for it and watching it in my home and allowing my children free reign to watch whatever they want. I got plenty of regret. I wish I could have. I, I, I hoped I would have. I we, we can regret all day long, can't we? that's not repentance you know we we can make resolutions to say I'm gonna be better you know I made a few mistakes but I'm gonna do better next time yeah I, I'm gonna do better when that same situation comes up I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let it get me this next time I, I'm gonna learn I'm gonna I'm gonna resolve to be better every January I resolve to lose weight and I'm still fat alright Every January, me and Bondi, not her, me. I'm gonna eat better. I'm gonna exercise. I'm gonna get my blood pressure under control. I'm gonna do all these things. I'm not, and then by January 3rd, I'm having <laughs> something that does not contribute to those principles. I wish I had Chris's willpower to eat that delayed fasting or whatever thing he does. I wish I I don't even understand it, but I wish I had that willpower. I got plenty of resolutions. I got regret. I've got restitution. I've got all of us got all those things, but you know what we don't have anymore? We don't have repentance. We don't have repentance. We're not sorry that we've sinned against God. Think about that. We're not broken that we have committed a sin against our Heavenly Father. We are not burdened. That we have weakened the body of Christ because of our sin. We are not saddened that God does not look favorably down upon our attitudes, our actions and all the things we do. We are not, we do not have repentance. We do whatever we want because God loves us so much. He just can't do it without me. That's the message you hear now. We need repentance. We need God-given, Holy Ghost-stirred, life-changing, heart-changing, mind-changing, deep down to the very core of your existence. Where that old man, that old woman, that old child, deep down within you that roots itself up, raises itself up, brings itself up, needs to be crucified and put to death and say, I choose to walk with Jesus. That is repentance. Where a heart is truly sorrowful that God, like the prodigal son, said about his father, I have sinned against my father. I am no longer even worthy to be called a son. I have broken his heart. I have strained the relationship. I have done that which I should not do to my heavenly father because of me. And I repent. Your life will never be changed. You will live in rebellion till the cows come home. If you do not repent. If you do not change your heart. Change your mind. Walk a new direction and leave the old and never go back again. The prodigal son, I think, left the hog pen. He didn't go back and visit every once in a while. He left it. He moved away. But the problem is, many of us don't want to repent. You know why? Because in our repentance, we love our sin, even though we won't admit it. We like that booze. You know why? It numbs us. It makes us forget. It makes us not think about all our problems. We numb ourselves with man-made drugs, man-made alcohol. Rather than going to a Heavenly Father who wants to be your Lord and say, I got this one, give it to me. Give it to me. We, we participate in things that offer pleasure to the flesh. Because whether we admit it or not, in our open rebellion, we are living carnally. We claim the name of Christ. I think it's in Isaiah, Andy, maybe chapter 4, chapter 6, a message I did long ago. We have his name, but we remain the same. And that passes, the people say, let us have your bread. Let us have your apparel. Let us have your provision, but let us go by our own name. Many have his name. You go to a Pentecostal church, you sign the book, you attend every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Thursday, you're here as many times as you're able to be here. You've done all that you feel that you can do. But deep down, you're living a carnal life. You're living in the world, but claiming the name of Jesus because you haven't yet repented. You've regretted. You've been sorry a few times for things you've done, you felt bad about them. They kind of upset you a little bit, but you didn't repent. You didn't repent. You didn't go to an altar of prayer or a room of prayer and bow down upon your knees and say, God, I am so, so, so broken. My life is a mess. My life is a mess. I've messed it up so much. I've gone out in the hog pen. I've gone here. I've gone there. I've done, my life is a mess. And there's no one but me, God, that's done this. I know I don't deserve it. I know I'm not that, but I ask you, just let me be a servant in your family. Just let me be a servant in your family. I'm going to get up out of this hog pen and I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go back to my father. So I want to pass on to other generation's young, old, First base ones, under the teenagers, the young people, into your group with your permission. And also the old. Never forget that thing that God has God given authority. Never forget that you can rebel against God given authority. But never forget this one thing. If you do rebel against God given authority, there's the opportunity to repent. Don't stay out in rebellion. Don't stay in the hog pen. Come back to Father. Come back to Father. As brother Larry said, as I say, as the word of God says, it is your friend with open arms saying, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But to walk the road of repentance, you got to get on that other road where he's God, where he's Lord. And you're walking blindly and say, Lord, I don't get it. I don't understand why. He He says, I got this. Just go with me. But I'm fearful. I'm afraid. This ship is going down. And he says, why are you so afraid? I told you I'd take you to the other side. I got you. I got this. Let me be God. You know, and the wonderful thing about repentance fourth word that the older saint wanted the young saint to believe not only authority not only the possibility for rebellion not only the blessing of repentance but he said don't forget there is restoration in the father's house there is restoration in the father's house oh if we could just run to the father There with open arms, he says, I know what you've been, I know what you've been, I know what you're doing, I know how you're living, but guess what? I am here for you to welcome you with open arms and to give you everything that I have given unto you, made for you, designed for you, ordained for you. Everything that I have is now mine, it's now yours. Wow. Blessed restoration. Think about it, Karen. He wants to take us, through, you know, we know we're not worthy. He wants to love us even though we don't think we're lovable. And he says, I want to make you new. I want to make the old man a new man and you can walk therein. And if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. What? Old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. Think about that. You get to start over. You get to live a life with a clean slate. I love what Dustal and them guys do. I've seen them, brother. They... I think Destel has one and Dave and Ben and they got them old cars that are all rusted out probably I don't know when you first got it but I've seen the work they put into it and they made it new and they've rede- and they built it back up and it sits out and it looks so beautiful doesn't it it's been restored the Lord wants to do the same thing for you he wants to remove the rust he wants to do a work but restoration is painful it's painful man God will have to do some purging in your life. He'll do some changing. He'll take some things away that you think you want. That stuff you love that you don't think you can put down, he's going to say, that is not of me. That is of your flesh. Choose ye this day. Whom will you serve? I choose to walk the path with you. Then that is not yours. That doesn't belong for you. That is not profitable for your life. That is not a God-given authority of mine. If God didn't design it and Jesus didn't pay for it and the Spirit doesn't direct it, you don't need it. Amen. It's simple. Again, let's go to one. If God didn't design it, Jesus didn't pay for it and the Spirit doesn't confirm it, you don't need it. But the question is, how many are willing to allow restoration to take place? those who sing this morning I don't know who has a song get ready to come forward in Luke 15 I rejoice so much when I see that the prodigal son came home and what did God say about that in the word did he say about time you showed up you dirty little brat (laughs) He said my son which was once lost is now found the young believer heard these words and heard this counsel from the older saint. And he vowed to make a thing within his life. And he said, this verse here, think, well, apply to me. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, it says, I exhort thee therefore, that first of all, the supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all of you. For kings that are in authority, that you may live a quiet, peaceable life in godliness and honesty. He just wants to bless your life. That's all he wants to do. He wants to be your Lord. He wants to love you. He wants to be there for you. But I would ask that you take these four simple things that I spoke about this morning in this last 40 minutes or so. Think upon them. Meditate upon them. Write them down. Do not forget them. The first thing, God-given authority, is where you need to be. If God didn't design it, Jesus didn't pay for it, and the Spirit doesn't endorse it, you don't need to be there walk in god-given authority only in god-given authority if you're not living within god-ordained god-given authority you are in a spirit of rebellion and let me tell you young man young girl i don't care how many sunday school classes you teach i don't care how many times you come to church i don't care how many times you've sang i don't care how many times you've preached if you are in a spirit of rebellion you are in danger tells us in isaiah this morning we read in our sunday school class the works of righteousness that you have committed Read, oh, I wish I went to that passage. Where was it? Ezekiel 36, I think it was. We read it this morning, Sister Sue. It said, the works of righteousness as you have committed, that they will be forgotten in your rebellion. God don't let sin in his family. God does not ordain sin within his body. God does not bless rebellion within him. It's one of court. It's holiness and righteousness and walking therein. Your sin, your rebellion, your disagreement with God, you being God is not part of God's design. That's part of the other guy who fought against God and said, I will be Lord. I will be God. It's plain and it's simple it's in Scripture. I didn't make this up. But oh, an opportunity to repent, to come to an altar of prayer. I know you can pray in your seat. I know that. But you know what? I think sometimes we need to come and bend down on an altar and pour our heart out to God. Say, I'm sorry, God. I want you to be Lord. The last part about this is the restoration can possibly take place, but guess what? Choose ye this day whom you will serve. I'm 59 years old, and it took me until I was 55 years old and started the men's mentoring group before I learned these principles. 55 years old before I learned them, Joel. That's a long time, ain't it? 55 before God began to teach me this. And I know, Ryan, you love Grant so much that if Grant was in danger, you'd do anything to protect him from that danger, and you would give him any word of counsel and any word of advice. And and I know... You guys here with the babies. I, I, I'm sorry if this little child was, this was your little one. If he's running across the street and running out in the middle of the road, you'd do everything. You'd go out there and you grab him to save that child, and you'd pull it back from harm and danger. The child might throw a fit because they want to run, but you know better, don't you? You're there to protect and guide and keep them from any harm. Apply it. I serve a God who has been around for all eternity from the beginning to the end and when I start to run in areas that I don't belong, he stops me and pulls me back. Oh, then my old flesh, I used to regret that and I'd get mad. What? No! Man, my flesh, I'd fight against that. I'd, I'd war against that. But God began doing Your work a long, long time ago, but he's been confirming it. Confirming it started five, six years ago. We're saying, these is what I've been trying to show you. Corey, your children, your boys, and your girls, if they get, they'll know these things for the rest of their life, it'll help them. Every one of us. I wish I would have known them when I was a 20-year-old father and I could have taught my 10-year-old son these things. But I didn't learn them until I was 55 years old. So here I am this morning on a Sunday morning, talking to you a message that I believe God has given me for this day. I'm like Ezekiel. I read the passage this morning exactly like Ezekiel, Brother Bobby. I gave the message. I don't know if they wanted to hear it or not. I gave the message. I don't know if they care. But what was Ezekiel told? If you don't give the message, the blood's upon your hands. My hands are clean. God bless you. May God keep you. May God sustain you. I would pray this morning, every person that has thought in their mind, that yeah, that's me, you would be advised, very well advised. I don't care how many drugs you're in your system. I don't care how many booze are down your throat. I don't care how many porn visions are in your mind. I don't care what you've gone through, where you've been, what you've done, where you think that you are unredeemable. You are like the lost son, the lost child. Come back to Father. Come back to Father. Come back to your heavenly Father this morning. He cries, waiting upon the porch to say, "My child, my child, my child, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice!" My child, who was once lost, is now found. But unfortunately, I think many will choose the path where they get to be the boss. God bless you, sisters
1: this house shall be called a place of restoration
2: a place where the broken
3: Not one that believes that you just keep pounding it and pounding and pounding it. But if you need to pray today, we'd love to pray with you. Nobody's going to hold you to any fault. Nobody's going to say, Yep, he's the one DJ was talking about. Oh, she's it. No, no, that's not going to happen. But as Sister Sue was singing, there's possible restoration here this morning. But it's going to take you to repent. It's going to take you to say, I want you to be Lord. It's going to take you to allow some things to be purged out of your life. It's going to allow you to say, you're my God, and I choose to walk with you. As she sings another verse or two, I'm not going to pound you. I'm not going to keep you long. If the Spirit of God is dealing with you, you know it. We invite you at this time to come pray. I'm with them. this mother's day what would be the best gift of all there's been mothers that have been praying for their children they've been praying for their loved ones they have besought the throne of god for their child what a better gift to give a mother to say mom today i finally came back to father's house wife i finally came back to father's house husband i finally came back to father's house Let me tell you, young people, old people, medium people, you want to find a man that believes these things we preached about this morning. Men of God, you want to find a woman that believes these things we preached about this morning. You want to find one that is walking with, believing and dwelling in these principles we gave this morning. Because God wants to do a work in their life and in your life. We've got two young people up here praying. I don't know if anybody else has to come and pray. I do not want the Spirit of God to be interrupted and close this service and we begin talking and moving. We're going to pray. If you've got to leave, go ahead, and exit quietly. But this is now a room of prayer where we are interceding on behalf of young people and saints that need to be saved. Young men that are asking Jesus in their life. This house shall be called a house of prayer. And if you need to pray this morning, we are inviting you to the altar, to the room, to the throne of God to enter into his presence and speak with God and say, Daddy, I'm coming home. Sing it again, sis, whatever you feel led. but I would just ask that you kind of go that way and keep the sanctity of the altar of prayer at this time. She's pouring her howard out to God. Let her have that time. She's, I don't know, but let's pray with this young sister. But our guests and our loved ones and our friends, if you gotta go, and mama's got dinner at 1.30, I understand. But we just ask you to go quietly out the back door. We're not going to close till she's done praying, so just get used to it. God bless you. Thank you for your time. Love you in the Lord. May Jesus and God bless you in all your things. Bless you. God bless you.